0: You know, I always thought that cults and doomsday suicides were white people's shit. No offense to any white person. But honestly, I know that's not true, especially now. But every single cult story or mass suicide story that I've had was about white people. Look at Jim Jones. Every series, every movie, the following, was about white people. It mostly had white people. But recently, I've come to learn about one of the biggest mass suicide, stroke, homicides that involved a cult in East Africa. Yep, I'm just like, Shh. So I discovered this story when I was researching for the Jehovah Wanyoni thing. Like I was reading about Jehovah Wanyoni, and there was a, a link on the side that read Priest Murders his flock and i was like you know i'm going to click that definitely and that is how i was led to this very very shocking story hello wonderful people welcome to the cults and cooks podcast my name is keshi and i love cults wait no i mean i like reading and trying to understand cults what drives people to start them and how others just follow along blindly so if you're like me then hop onto this cult wagon sit back relax and let me inform and entertain you our story today takes place in uganda in a southwest ugandan town called kanungum it is about a cult called the movement for the restoration of the ten commandments of god the movement of the for the restoration of the ten commandments of god borrowed a lot of the practices from the catholic church it had over five thousand followers most of them who had converted again from the catholic church so it is believed that this cult was alluring because it fit with the needs of the people at the time and in this movement people were allowed to ask questions If you are part of the Catholic community, or you have been part of the Catholic community, you know that Catholic practices are very strict. You follow the Catholic way of life without questions. You're not allowed to question, or maybe that's how many people feel like you are not allowed to question or ask for deeper explanations of the scripture and of the rituals. So a lot of people felt like they could find answers in this branch because that's what they called it at the time a branch of the Catholic church. The church had branches across several small Ugandan towns and it had 12 leaders who they called apostles who claimed to have seen Jesus, Mary and Joseph on several occasions. Among the 12 leaders, there were five major leaders but we're only going to talk about three there's no reason to bombard you with names so we're only going to talk about the defining three whose names will keep appearing in the story one leader was credonia Mwerinde. she was actually thought to be the mastermind behind the cult next is joseph kibuetere and father dominic kataribabo these are the leaders that we will get to know about the cult started in july 1989 when joseph kibuetere and his wife teresa Kibwetere went to church and were informed of two women who were seeing visions of the virgin mary now joseph kibuetere was born in 1931 and was a politician he was in the ministry of lands and he was also a very firm catholic So when Joseph Kibweter, on one Sunday morning, went to church in July 1989, they were approached by these girls who claimed they could see visions of Virgin Mary. And the girls began engaging Joseph and the wife in conversation about the visions they had been seeing and what they meant. You know, just like, oh, we've been seeing visions. And Joseph, because he was a very firm Catholic, was very interested. And the two girls, seeing that Joseph was interested, Asked if they could go to Joseph's house. You know, maybe we can continue this conversation in your house. And Joseph agreed. Now the two girls were Credonia Morinde and her sister Ursula Morinde. So Credonia moved, literally just moved into Joseph's house, Joseph and Teresa's house, and stayed there for two whole years. Who is Credonia Morinde? Credonia Morinde was born in 1950 and she was a barmaid. She also claimed to be a former prostitute. But there are some people who thought that this was a lie and she only said it to liken herself to Mary Magdalene from the Bible. Credonia's father was called Paul Kashaku. And guess what? He also claimed to see visions from the Virgin Mary. He even claimed that he had once seen a vision of his dead daughter Evangelista. No, forgive me but you can already tell that he's a church maniac who calls their daughter evangelista like evangelist and to try to make it more of a name or more feminine you add an A evangelista so anyway it is said that Paul, this Paul Kashaku was is like he was already a leader of a cult or something now at this time there were a lot of cults springing up, millennial cults Most people believed that the end of the world would come with the turning of the millennium and there were so many sightings of Virgin Mary in the continent. There were some girls who had also claimed they saw visions of Virgin Mary in Rwanda and the church actually approved or claimed that their visions were true. They were backed by the church but then after that there were so many other sightings that the church did not approve of or the church did not After investigation, did not find them to be true. So, Credonia moves into Joseph's house, like, Ah, yeah, I live here now. And it was said that when Credonia moved into Teresa and Joseph's house, Teresa is Joseph's wife, in case you... I did not mention that. Immediately, Teresa started seeing changes in the husband's personality. Now, this is according to Teresa. She started seeing changes in the husband's personality. Now Credonia moved into the house but she was silent and would stay in a room all by herself and she could only pass messages through a nephew of hers. Now when Credonia moved into the into Joseph's house he convinced her to start like or to start this group, this cult and a lot of they got a lot of members around two hundred members and the members moved into Joseph's house or like his compound. (laughs) Poor Teresa, can you imagine just one day some girl who claims to be a former prostitute, not that there's anything wrong with sex work, but she just suddenly moves into your house. She claims she's seeing visions and in in the wink of an eye, 200 other people are living with you. That must have been really, really hard so teresa refuses to talk about credonia and joseph's relationship if they were having a sexual relationship nobody knows but now that the people came to live with them i could just imagine the strain on the marriage anyway one day ursula who was credonia's sister poured paraffin on teresa's bag of clothes and tried to set them on fire now, not only have this random people come to live in your house, but they are setting your things on fire. Teresa complained to Credonia, like, hey, your sister is setting my clothes on fire. Why? And Credonia decided to beat her. Yep. And after that, Credonia apparently just abused her physically, regularly, and Joseph never did anything to stop it. Joseph even began to sell his property in order to buy food for the commune and now teresa and the son were like enough is enough so teresa calls the elders of the town of the community and he's like he reports joseph's behavior and and she says she doesn't have a problem with joseph living in the home as long as some of the commune people left as long as the cult people left but joseph says no i will move with my people and i will never come back again so in 1991 joseph just ups and leaves with his now almost fully formed cult and he to say that he returned home only once again to, to attend the funeral of one of his sons and after that they never saw him again so after Joseph moved to Kanungu with his followers, Kanungu was the village of Kanungu was designated as the rescue place for Virgin Mary. The church was licensed legally in 1994 as the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments. So a boarding school was also registered uh, within it, but then the license for the boarding school was revoked in 1998 by the government because apparently its teachings were contrary to the Ugandan constitution and the government also expressed concern over breaches of public health regulations and possible mistreatment of children and i'm like that should have been a red flag right there that should have been a red flag right there if people are mistreating children, then why do they have a church in the first place? The cult differed from the Catholics in just a few ways. Uh, some of the ways were that communion could only be taken when kneeling. The communion body of Christ, blood of Christ could only be taken when kneeling, and the communion could not be held in the ticker's hand. If you've ever been to a mass service, you are uh, during communion like people line up, And the father either puts the communion straight in your mouth or you accept it in your hand. So for these cult members, that could not happen. Like You had to kneel down and you had to take the communion by mouth. The main message for uh, this cult was that the Ten Commandments had been distorted and needed to be restored to their full value. Their message was also apocalyptic. They believed the world would end at the turn of the millennium. And there was a certain book written by Father Dominic Babo. We talked about him. And it said, all you living on the planet, listen to what I am going to say. When the year 2000 is completed, the year that will follow will not be the year 2001. The year that will follow shall be called year one. In a generation that will follow, the present generation... The generation will have few or many people depending on who will repent. The Lord told me that hurricanes of fire would rain forth from heaven and spread over all those who would not have repented. So who is this Father Dominic Kataribabo? Father Dominic was born in 1967 and he studied theology in the United States. So apparently he was a respected member of the community not unlike joseph he was a respected member of the community he was a priest people looked up to him then he went to the united states to further his studies when he came back it did not take long for him to join the cult he was even suspended by a pri- he was even suspended as a priest by the catholic church now, a bishop friend of his said in an interview after the whole incident that he thought america had changed father dominic he said quote he was quieter not as exuberant as before he went he seemed more deliberate in his talking and thinking so father dominic fell out with the catholic church after claiming to see visions of virgin mary and he said the world was coming to an end because it had become so sinful he claimed virgin mary was interceding for the world and appearing to holy people and asking them to preach the bishop asked him if you have seen an apparition an apparition is like those sightings of the holy people i i hope that's how it's supposed to be explained so why don't you allow the church to make the necessary investigations as i said before if you claim to have seen or to have received a vision from the virgin mary the church has to investigate to know whether your claims are true or false I don't know the means of their uh, or what steps they have in the investigation, but people just can't be out here claiming to have seen Virgin Mary and the church. The church must control it, is what I'm trying to say. But Father Dominic said there was no time for the church to conduct the investigations because something was coming to shatter the world into small pieces. And the only thing it seems that would help people was this doomsday cult. So what was it like to be in the cult? If you wanted to join the cult, you were told to sell your property in order for you to be worthy. And when you first joined the church, like when you first now went to Kanungu, because that was the headquarters of the church, you could not go with your children first. Maybe they could join later, but first you had to go alone. So once you reached the church at Kanungu, you had to strip naked and surrender your clothes to the priests. Then you would be clothed in a common dress that was said to be black. So some people think that the reason you could not keep for your own clothes was to prevent escape, because you would definitely stand out if you went out of the commune or if you went out of the church area in your black garment so it was not really easy to escape that's what people thought so the children there could not go to school to other schools other than the boarding school that was there and also it was said that activities only took place or mostly took place during the night again people think this this was done to avoid observation from the Ebas. That's why people. That's why the cult did most of its activities at night. Dominic's brother also said that the cult people, the people in the cult, rarely ate, because he said that that's one of the reasons he could never have joined the cult. That the people there did not eat. I have not seen any other reports of that other than uh, Joseph's son saying that good food was only given to the leaders and the rest of the people could not uh, would stay even a day without eating that was when like the cult was in their house so i don't know whether later everybody would be given food cuz i didn't see other claims of starvation cult members were not allowed to speak and would only communicate when necessary in sign language i would have died in that cult i would literally have died in that cult it's like so you had to learn sign language but i think that's just another way of repressing the people of preventing them from forming rebellions because how the fuck do you say I think these people are liars let's get out of here in sign language how do you sign that I'm sure they must there must be a sign for it but it looks complicated so I think the repressing communication was just a way of them to keep the people quiet and unquestioning hmm, I because most people moved there because they were able to question faith The church also predicted the end of the world to happen on 31st December 1999 but later revised the date to March 17, 2000. Like when December 31st 1999 rolled around they were like the end of the world did not happen. They were like oops, no, it wasn't 1999. We meant to say the end of the world is going to end in 17th March so pray. It was said that uh the, people, the life, the life as the cult revolved around praying and farming for food that's all they did wake up pray farm shortly before march 17th Kibweter oh you know who else predicted the end of the world several times and failed it was always like oops no jehovah i don't the millennial end of the world thing was pretty common people were just so scared of the 2000s i don't know why I wonder if it will be the same for the people who will be alive in the three, the three thousand. Hmm. Hope we'll have, I don't know, grown by then as a people. So anyway, shortly before March 17th, Kibuetere wrote to his wife, Teresa, who was not a member of the church, because when the husband left, she did not follow him. He wrote to her, urging her to carry on with the movement after his departure and that's that's a little bit suspicious because I thought he would depart when the end of the world happened anyway we shall see where that comes in later also again before March 17th a nun visited nearby villages announcing the coming of the Virgin Mary for March 17th March 17th comes along yeah. it's the end of the world everybody is so scared everybody in the cult is so scared People were told to come to the uh, to come to an event to a uh, sermon that would happen on that day, March seventeenth. So a lot of people have flocked into the church. If the world is going to end, you know, we should end it together as a church, praying, asking for forgiveness. But little did they know that the church was barricaded; that the doors and the windows were shut, like were completely shut. You couldn't get out, and the in the middle of the praying and what this the church was set on fire and the bodies burned people burned to death it is said that over 300 people died that day in the church I watched a documentary and I was not prepared for the bodies they were okay I'm trying to make this as inexplicit as possible because if you're listening to the podcast, that means maybe you do not want to go and see the bodies for yourself. So I'll just keep how the bodies look. Just know it was ugly. It was not good at all. And so the house goes up in flames. And the villagers say they, they saw smoke and they smelled burning flesh and people ran over to the church but there was nothing that could be done now remember this is like a remote village even if the fire brigade was to be called they wouldn't have gotten there in time people said that after the incident they were not able to eat meat for years afterward because of the that smell of burning flesh oh I'm being explicit again I'm sorry again it was really really bad so people ran because they knew like their family members had gone it was like a lot of people were being convinced to go before. Because as we have seen, a nun was sent out to convince people to come to the church because the end of the world was happening. And so the church burnt down with all the people in it. There were no survivors from inside the church. So investigations start to happen. Police come out and they are researching the area. And guess what? Seven mass graves are found around the church neighborhood yeah these ones are not part of the people who burned but just people who seem to have been killed before the fire seven mass graves are found with more than 500 bodies and then in father dominic's house remember father dominic went to study in the usa 150 bodies were found in his house they were buried under the cemented floor and others like in his compound and maize was planted on top of them so before this before march 17th he sold the house to his brother how do you sell a house that you know has bodies under it can you imagine if the brother had started living there i'm not sure if he had but and so people had seen him like digging around but he had claimed that he was building a new pit latrine so they was like oh hi what are you digging over there Mm, it's just a pit latrine and then he later comes and throws bodies inside those pits Mm -mm -mm. so some of those bodies that were found had died of strangulation when the police recovered them the ropes were still hanging from their necks others were hacked to death just being stabbed until they died and most of the others the police suspected that they died from poisoning it is suspected that the killings happened to people who after the unfulfilled prophecy of the world ending in December 31 they started to doubt the movement and so they were hacked to death and they were strangled like no we can't have People doubting us this is so sad the biggest question with this doomsday cult is whether this was a mass suicide or a homicide because some people believe including the ugandan government that the leaders credonia joseph and dominic were actually con artists because before the doomsday they urged people to sell their things and bring the money to church So it's like maybe they were preparing to run away from the country after killing hundreds of people. But others believe that even these leaders died in that fire, that they fully believed what they preached, and they set themselves on fire as well. I don't know what to believe, honestly. Maybe, maybe not. But this, this is just a very, very heavy story. Tell me what you guys think do you think it was a homicide or a suicide do you think these guys planned it all out what makes me think they planned it is why would joseph write a letter to the wife saying that the, she takes over the movement when he's gone where is he going i thought he's going because the whole world is ending and why did dominic sell his house i think they were just looking for money to disappear but at the same time it's hard to imagine that I think they would still have pulled off the robbery uh, of the people by calling them telling them the world will end without necessarily setting them on fire so yeah that's really heavy I don't know what to think what do you guys think I think that's the end of this story who I'm still processing it tell me who else or what other cult you think I should talk about But until next time, see you. Bye.